All right, welcome to RUF. As Lewis said, I'm a senior, so peace. Um, but no, this is a really fun night. Traditionally, uh, seniors get to kind of take it over and do it we, as we will. Sorry, Lewis. Um, but no, it'll be fun. So we got an awesome list of seniors coming up. They're all going to talk a couple minutes about their experience at WNL, what RUF has meant for them, how they've grown, what they've seen, different things like that. So it'll be a lot of fun. Um, and then I'm just going to be hopping up here in between and introducing each other. So to start us off, we got none of the Melinda Kaufman. She's in the back. She's going to do a great job. really um, practice this too much, so here goes. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit to y'all about my time here at WNL and how the RUF community has played a huge role in that. Um, so first of all, I can't imagine my time at WNL without the RUF community um, and just the people and the relationships I've made through that um, has really been a huge part of who I am. Um, and looking at freshman year me versus senior, me, senior year me is like Woo! <laughs> um, but so freshman year, I would say for me it was a lot about appearances and just looking for fulfillment in a lot of the wrong areas. Um, appearance um, academically in grades, measuring my um, success and how well I performed academically, on tennis court, physically. Um, I've always kind of struggled with like eating disorder and stuff like that. Um, and so freshman year was just kind of like a roller coaster of battling with that and trying to find fulfillment and not. Um, and sophomore year too was a lot of looking for fulfillment in academics. And at the time I was pre-med, so really putting all of my time and energy into genetics and orgo, all that fun stuff, um, and not really getting the grades that I wanted or thought I needed. Um, and I remember specifically halfway through sophomore year um, kind of reaching a breaking point of realizing that I needed to retake some classes if I wanted to continue on that path, um, which is really hard to kind of have this whole plan laid out for you and then kind of realize that that's not working out. Um, but it was a really cool time. I think God really taught me a lot and showed me that looking for fulfillment in areas of academics isn't always going to work out. Um, and so I decided to not take any more science classes after that and just kind of um, explore some other options. And I had really enjoyed my English classes at WNL, so I took some more of those and I'm an English major now. Um, but I'm also really passionate about food, which is another thing that's really cool. Um, God kind of took something that I've always struggled with and has turned it into a passion of mine and that's continued to um, grow throughout my time at WNL. Um, so I'm very thankful for that and just continuing to grow over um, junior and senior year really um, and RUF always being a constant light even when I felt like I had let God down or let myself down just disappointed in myself always feeling welcome at RUF and in that community. Um, <laughs> And so here I am as a senior and definitely not perfect. Um, don't have any jobs lined up after graduation, but can still say that I feel 
totally and completely covered um, and just filled by the Holy Spirit. And I think that's where I've found the most fulfillment and have grown the most and have seen all the ways that God's been faithful throughout my time at WNL. I came in thinking I was going to be a doctor and live in Costa Rica and do all these fun things. And um, now I'm graduating as an English major um, and I'm looking to do something with food and marketing. And um, and I can say that I'm honestly so grateful for that and all the relationships and friendships during my time here. Um, so yeah, that's all I have for y'all. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mel. That's awesome. It's really hard to hop up here and speak, so thank you so much for doing that. All right, so next we've got Buddy Hall. Hey, guys. Hey, so for anyone that, uh, that doesn't know me, my name is uh, Buddy Hall. Um, I'll, I'll just start by saying, you know, I did not plan uh, on speaking tonight when I woke up this morning. Um, you know, I just kind of figured I'd, I don't need RUF here. Um, I haven't even been that many times. Uh, and the main reason I started going last year was because I liked a girl that uh, <laughs> a, freshman, uh, a freshman small group this year. Um, <laughs> and so... Um, I talked to uh, I was talking to my friend Sarah today, and uh, she kind of reminded me that tonight is not about me. It's not even necessarily about um, RUF. It's about God tonight, and us seniors have a platform and an opportunity to to share with everyone uh, the way we've seen God move and work over these past four years, and uh, the ways that we've come to know Him and understand Him better. And so um, I wanted to, to kind of start from the beginning. Um, you know, when I came here to, to Lexington, uh, it was coming from a, a Christian upbringing. But as soon as I, I got here, uh, I found myself kind of immediately swept up into um, the, the WNL lifestyle that you see, um, you know, 90, 90, 90, 99%, whatever it is, of, of people living here. And, um, and, and that was where I found myself. And I found myself living for, for the weekend and uh, just trying to get through to Friday night to, uh, to go out and drink and party and um, everything that goes along with that. And uh, the first thing that I wanted to share with everyone that I've learned over my four years is that we have a God who pursues us and who is constantly calling out to us even when you know we're in the situation that I was in of just pushing our faith to the wayside and, and forgetting about him. And, uh, and I'm so thankful for that uh, because, you know, eventually uh, in the fall of my sophomore year, I finally got to a point where I was ready to, to respond to that call, that call from God. And uh, it all kind of started uh, when I woke up on a Saturday morning, uh, no idea where I was. And I just remember the feeling of my heart sinking into my stomach as I looked around at the, the blank white walls and the, the heavy metal door and the small window, and I realized that I was in a jail cell. And I had never felt so empty inside and so separated from God 
And like, I could not believe that I was finding myself in this place. Um, but like, you know, it sucked in the moment, but um, like looking back, that is, that's the moment that I'm most thankful for over the course of my four years here, because that was the turning point when I finally was ready to respond to that call from God and to, and to come home and to, and to come back to, to my faith. And so um, the next thing that I wanted to share that I've really learned um, is that, especially for those that, that are younger in this room right now, like find someone or find a couple people, normally, no, normally older people, uh, who you look at and you say like, that is a man or that is a woman of God. And that's someone that I respect and that's someone that I want to grow to be like and, and who I want to be discipled by. Because at that, at that time in my life, when I was finally ready to, to come back um, and to come home, uh, I was so blessed to have uh, a couple of older guys in my life who some of you may know, Walker Brand and Ralston Hartness, uh, who, who were that for me. You know, they, they took me under their wing and they basically taught me what it looked like to go from being a boy, um, you know, doing whatever I wanted to do to try to fulfill myself in the moment and showed me what it looked like to be a man who recognizes that like our purpose here is to love others and to serve others and, and to, to be used by God in whatever way that might be that he has planned for us. And so, um, you know, hopefully uh, everyone in this room might, might have someone in their mind right now of like who that person might be to disciple you. And if you don't, um, I can tell you for sure that my, uh, my fiance, <laughs> if you're if you're if you're a younger girl, you know, she <laughs> yeah, she's she's an amazing person to do that. Sure, um, she's someone that that her wisdom and her faith just blows me away. Um, and if you're a younger guy, you know, maybe um, I'm sure Lewis could, could tell you, you know, um, some older guys that you can look to, to to be that in your life. But I just want to make sure. Uh, that I shared tonight, like those things that I've learned um, and, and encouraged everyone uh, to, to do that as well. So I probably, I'm probably over time, um, but thanks, thanks for listening. Awesome. Thank you so much, buddy. That was a great story. It's just a great, yeah, it speaks to the community we have here, and it's incredible. All right, so up next we've got none other than our ROTC Future Armor Man, Colin Speed. Hey y'all, I'm Colin Speed. Um, I'm a senior. Weird. Um, but yeah, um, I guess just the theme, as I kind of thought back about these last four years, the theme has always been people. Um, whether um, it's here in this gathering or if it's on your own, I mean, the first person, obviously, Lewis, who's there, always counseling me, helping me along the way. Um, I definitely had a few. There's definitely been, there have definitely been several conversations we've had that I haven't had with anyone else. And your willingness to um, meet with us and go over a lot of hard topics has been something that's meant a lot to me and definitely helped me out when I needed it the most. Um, um, and then I have the dudes in my grade. If Zach, Dave, uh, I don't know, Gus maybe a little bit, <laughs> uh, John, 
have all been really close guys that I've known. Heath, like, didn't really know you that much at first. And then later on, like, as you get older, and you start realizing, I mean, like, I kind of realized there's a lot more to this. Um, I was pretty naive starting out. Um, and then when I realized that there's so much more to being a Christian at this school, um, and it goes beyond just my little small experience. Like, Heath was definitely someone who I was very happy to talk with, especially in these last few week or last few months. Um, but yeah, and, and just the group that we have here and the people who are always willing to talk and who are always there reaching out for you um, outside of this room is what made a huge difference. And it even goes further than that. Maggie, um, let me speak with her husband, who is also a very strong Christian. He's in the Army and he brother. does... Her brother. Oh, yeah, yeah. Real <laughs> <laughs> <Your> husband. <laughs> Woo! Um, but yeah, her brother... Um, I was actually like just talking with him yesterday. He's a strong Christian. He's done what I've wanted to do. Um, and just the people that I've met through this organization that have pointed me towards God have just been just unreal. And that's something I'd encourage everyone um, as we go to, to keep, to keep um, using because you have everyone. It's, just, it's beyond this room. And it's people who are always there, always willing to help you out. Um, and, yeah, that's really all I got, folks. Thanks. All right. Thank you so much, man. All right. Up next, we've got Julia Kaspar. Julia! <laughs> so she's prepared. She brought notes. Thanks, friend. I brought the Bible. Okay. Let's get started. <laughs> okay. Um, so what I would wanted to say is kind of... Sh- quick, short, but it's like basically what I learned at college. Um, and I came from a Christian home too, but when I first got to college, I made best friends with my roommate, and she was like a Christian at home, but it wasn't something that she wanted to do here. And I made a lot of friends with all the girls in my hall, but they were kind of in the same boat. Like, maybe they had done stuff at home, but they didn't really want to do stuff here. That wasn't what they were about. And so back at home, how I was taught to address this, through like going to Young Life, and through going to church, was like, wow, like invite them to events, invite them to church, invite them to like club or campaigners. And so I kind of started out trying to do that, and it wasn't really working. And I was like, you know, God, like, what's happening here? Like, this is the prescription that I'm supposed to use to, like, get these people to come to you. And it wasn't happening. Um, And I kind of slacked off a while. I just sort of went along with them and didn't really want to try to change their lifestyle or try to put Jesus into their life at all. And so then, I guess, probably the end of this winter term, I kind of came across what I thought God was trying to do in my life. And I just want to read you a little verse from... John, and it is John 17, and it says, um, let me, excuse me, (laughs) for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. And so I kind of started struggling with this concept of being in the world, but not of the world, especially with my friends. Um, And I decided that being in the world but not of the world meant that didn't mean that I had to like miss out on things. So for me, being a Christian didn't mean I didn't go to parties. It didn't mean I didn't have a beer. It didn't mean I didn't dance on elevated surfaces. But it did mean, <laughs> um, but it did mean that I was there to take them home when they were drunk. It did mean I was there to like hold their hair. It did mean I was there to be a shoulder to cry on when stuff didn't go their way. And it was I was there to give them advice when they wanted it. Um, and that's something that I've really learned. And lately, I haven't been 
like, oh, like, let's go to church. But I'm really hoping that through my actions, I'm able to show God's love. And I found it was kind of different than maybe what I was taught at home. But my big takeaway was just definitely being in the world and of the world. And like, what does it look like for you guys in your relationships with friends? Because these are people I'm probably still going to live with after I graduate. And so I want to be able to kind of show that love in action without sort of being in their face about it, but also being able to show God. So that's what I learned. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Julia. That was awesome. All right. Now we got none other than Anna DeCash. We also brought notes. I'm not eloquent, so I had to write everything down. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the only senior night I've ever actually been to was freshman year because I was abroad sophomore year and doing EC stuff last year. Um, <laughs> but I've often found myself sitting and thinking about what I would say when this evening rolled around because it's, it, it's probably one of the most profound nights of my college experience. Um, I still remember it from three years ago. But I've never thought of myself as very wise or one to give good advice. I'm not really great with words, but uh, I knew I wanted to have some sort of impact. So I guess to fully explain what RUF and the people in this room mean to me, I kind of have to go back before I ever step foot on Debbie Nell's campus. Um, some people know my story. Most don't. Uh, but I guess the bridge version is I was an atheist, vehemently so. Um, and it wasn't until I started going to youth group at church um, that things started to change. I only went because my sister, my older sister was going um, and I wanted to spend time with her before she went off to college. But long story short, I found God in the back of a rundown church in Jamaica on New Year's Eve of my freshman year of high school, two years after I had started going to church. And he looked a lot like a little mute boy speaking for the first time. So flash forward three and a half years and I found RUF a month into the fall of my freshman year. And I'd been actively seeking out a group where I could grow in my faith. Um, it's actually one of the reasons why I chose WNL, because I knew it would force me to pursue God actively, as opposed to passively, because my other option was a school where it would just be really easy to get complacent, um, because it was Texas, and that was kind of just what everyone does. <laughs> and I knew that if <laughs> I wanted to grow, it, it couldn't just be a force of habit. And so I found myself at RUF. Um, actually, I don't know if Lane Saytash is in this room, but she's the reason that they came here, so I'm forever thankful for that. Um, so don't get me wrong, I was terrified. I wasn't scared about college or making new friends or academics or being away from home. I was terrified because below the surface, I knew my faith wasn't what it should have been after four years with an incredible youth group and supportive friends, and I was scared that RUF wasn't going to help that, that I was never going to find God, that I felt him once and it was never again. Um... To this day, at my core, I'm still a 13-year-old girl whose dad left, the girl whose mom could barely get out of bed for the better part of a year, um, the girl who desperately, more than anything, wanted to die. And I still struggle with forgiving and building a relationship with my father. Um, I still have nightmares about my mom not sleeping or eating, and every day I actively fight to not give up. But the difference between now and then is that <laughs> RUF showed me a community and a God that made all of that okay. Uh, the people in this room and the people on this campus, the plan that God has laid out before me, made me, as cliche as it sounds, fall in love with being alive. And that's really the greatest gift I could ever ask for. 
Um, I still can't believe these four years have gone by so quickly, and I can't believe people have put up with me for four years. <laughs> um, but I'm really grateful, because in all of my ups and downs, I knew that I had Lewis to go to, and that I had my friends, and I had upperclassmen who I could confide in. Um, I'm thankful for finding a community that has encouraged me to be vulnerable in my faith and life, because that's something I've struggled with. Even now, I'm dying standing up here. I'd much rather be sitting down apathetic and cool or cracking jokes rather than remaining serious because I'm the queen of internalization and deflection. Uh, But I digress. (laughs) I've encountered many obstacles in the journey to strengthen my relationship with Christ. Um, I've succumbed to the temptations of drugs, alcohol, sex, but the biggest obstacle in my faith has always been doubt. It still is doubt. I remember uh, February of my junior year, in college, I reached out to Lewis to grab coffee and talk, and it had been a while, and I hadn't been able to go to RUF because of other commitments, and, and we caught up, and finally I got around to what had been eating away at me. Um, months prior, the day before Prio started for our junior year, um, in a Walmart parking lot, I got the news that um, an extremely close friend of mine, someone who I viewed as a younger sister, had died. Um, And I won't get into the details of what happened because it's something that's going to haunt me for the rest of my life. And I've watched the news, and I always thought that crazy stories would never happen to people that I love, but it does, and it did. And I told Lewis about this and how that same year I had lost a close family friend to cancer. Um, And losing two people so close to me, so important to me, had just essentially wrecked my world. College was supposed to be these four years of invincibility. I mean, none of us are invincible, but I was like, if there's a time where I am, it's, it's college. Um, at least that's what I thought. And how could God take away two incredible people so young? Um, where's the justice in that? How could I have faith in that? These are questions that I'm still asking, still grappling with, and probably always will, but I'm trying. I've been able to face many truths about myself in my time at WNL, like have an addictive personality, I suffer from depression and anxiety, I push away essentially everything good in my life because I don't think I deserve it, but with the people in this room and Christ, I'm, I'm starting to get it. So if there's just a few things I would, could leave y'all with that I've learned, um, allow yourself to be vulnerable because opening up is the best thing you can do for yourself. And take it from someone who spent 21 years doing the exact opposite of that. <laughs> um, never shy away from God's will I have gone to hell and back and back again and again and again, but I wouldn't change it because I'm here and I'm alive and I've really come to terms with who I am as a person and what I'm meant to do with my life and what God wants me to do with it. Um, Third, your suffering's not in vain. Life can be really tough, especially when we're in college. We're not really adults and we're no longer children. We're in limbo with just enough freedom to do what we want while we're still being held responsible for our decisions. Um, We get hurt. Sometimes we change our minds or we want to give up. And we all come to a crossroads where we can choose to turn our backs on God. But everything's a lesson, and he never gives us more than we can handle. Um, I'm living proof of that. And finally, you don't have to have it all figured out. God knows I don't. I probably never will, and I'm learning that that's maybe okay. um, Because God has a plan, and it's more spectacular than we could ever imagine. Awesome, yeah. Thank you so much. That was awesome. All right. Up next, we got our very own J Pat. Okay. Um, <laughs> did you say pie chip? I was, I was sad you didn't call me out in your 
the pie chart. Um, so originally I had not planned on talking today. I do not enjoy this whole thing, getting up in front of everyone and being you know, vulnerable and stuff. It's just not my cup of tea. But I had very intentionally not replied to Lewis's email <laughs> to put my name on the list. That was on purpose. Um, and so I walked in today and Zach was going over the list and I'm like, oh, John, you're, you're seventh. And I was like, great. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's a reason, uh, like I said, it's not my strong suit, that I was always the name tag guy and Zach did the public speaking. So all that aside, I've had about 20, 30 minutes now to kind of think this over. So I really hope it all makes sense. Um, but I was just reflecting on my freshman year when, all the seniors that I'd known, um, what it felt like forever, uh, guys who I looked up to, uh, leaders who were just always impressed me with their faith and the vulnerability and their ability to just reach out to the others uh, and just be with them and be with the Lord. Um, when they came up and spoke, I, you know, shocked their, you know, my idols and. You know, so much has changed since, uh, you know, our freshman year RUF. We're not in the dining hall anymore. Um, David doesn't have his bowl cut. Uh, you know, most of us are like, at least the guys are a little bit thicker. It's, it's great. But all of the important things, at least I think, have stayed the same. All the relationships, um, you know, people might have graduated, new people have come in, but there's always that, that safety net. All of the, the words Lewis says, the, the things he has to teach us about the Lord and the Bible, and all of that, all of the important things have, you know, they've stayed the same, they've been constant. And that consistency has been something that I've really valued in my time at WNL, you know, when... I might not, you know, when I'm feeling like crap one day or, you know, when maybe something's going on at home and I don't feel like going to RUF, I always lean back on the fact, I was like, I'm the name tag guy. Like, who's going to do the name tags <laughs> if I'm not there? Um, and, I'm, like, even more than that, having that ability to have a place that where I could be relaxed and be with friends and hear the word of the Lord uh, and just be impacted on a spiritual level was a huge blessing during college and I'm so so thankful for it and I'm thankful for all of you and especially Lewis so that's it that's what I got thanks Jacob sometimes you need a friend to twist your arm a little bit so yeah, cool. thanks for not punching back alright <laughs> um, up next we got Jack Boyce so, I wasn't sure if I wanted to speak. Lewis can tell you. I sent in an email last night at like 11 o'clock being like, I have no clue what I was going to say, what I would do. But I decided after probably at like 7 o'clock to go through with it. And you know what? There's one thing that I want to talk about. It's the community here. Um, kind of cliche, but... Quickly, my story is um, freshman year of high school, my grandmother passed away, and she was the main reason why I was focused on my 
faith at all. I was born and raised Catholic. Um, when she passed away, I just turned away and gave up on my faith completely. Um, what followed was six and a half years of hell. Um, I went through a lot of just internal fight and a lot of rifts. And by middle of sophomore year, I got to a point where I started doing something that I completely disagree with and drank. Um, it only lasted a month, thank God, but it, it opened my eyes to where a lot of my problems were. I didn't fully commit back to my faith until middle of junior year, but you know, if there's one thing that is a testament to why I came back, it's because of the community. Ralston's name came up with Buddy and so did uh, Walker's, but two other names, Luke Farley, Andrew Coates, and then one of my closest friends who can't be here, uh, Dylan Rich, because he graduated and he's often living the big life now in Charlotte. Um, yeah, he's, he's big time playing semi-pro soccer. Um, but um, those guys constantly pushed me. They, for the first two and a half years, Dylan asked me every single week to go to church with him, living with Ralston, all, all four of those guys minus Walker. Um, they pushed me every week and you know, once I finally hit that breaking point, I knew it was time to come back to RUF. And just faith in general in God. Um, with the help of GP, Graham, um, Donovan, and a few other guys, I started going from the back of, of D Hall in the booths, away from everybody, back to the front. And it was something I didn't think would happen. I didn't think I would last, but just people in the community that I grew closer to, you know, David being very pensive because you still have no clue what you're going to say. Um, <laughs> J. Pat, Keith, I knew you for all four years, and honestly, we didn't start speaking until this year, and it's a great thing because we get to spend next year together. But Zach and all these other guys here and all the younger guys too, um, it's just, it's truly a testament to God's love that we have a community as great as this. And that's all I really want to say. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. All right. Up next, we got Ella Rose. All right. Yeah, I don't want to mess that up. Um, I got a quick three-point sermon. <laughs> Classic <laughs> Lewis style. Um, but I'm going to talk about one thing that I learned about God at WNL, one thing that I learned about WNL at WNL. Um, and the one thing I learned about myself at WNL. And so the first thing that I learned um, was about God, and that comes from a verse um, in Psalm 56. Um, Psalm 56, verse 9, second half of it, it says, um, This I know that God is for me, and I think that I, it's very simple, but I think that I struggled so much um, to look around at my life, at my friends' lives, um, at this place, um, at the world, like taking pod classes and all this stuff, and, and was convinced that God was not for anyone, that God wasn't um, walking alongside us, that God wasn't anywhere, and that um, he definitely wasn't for me, he wasn't for my friends. Um, and one thing that I have just had to wrestle with and struggle with and learn at this place and through this time is that God is for me. Um, and it says that this I know that God is for me. And I can read it again and again and hear it again and again that God is for me. Um, but coming to a place where I could say it 
and know it and feel it, that God is for me and for my good and is next to me and walking alongside me. Um, and that sometimes I actually don't know what is for me or good for me. And sometimes other people don't. And sometimes like the world doesn't, but that what God is up to and his will is for my good and for my friend's good. Um, is something that I have learned about God and I'm still learning and still doubting. Um, but something that I'm working to be confident in and to be able to proclaim to people that I know and to myself. Um, the second thing that I learned about WNL, when I first got here, I came to this place and went to O week and was like, what on earth? <laughs> okay. Here's going to be an interesting four years, um, going on. And I was like, this place, like, I knew it was going to be hard to be a Christian, but I was like, oh my gosh, like, how am I going to have friends that love the Lord? How am I going to even try and find him um, here? And I went to Sunday night worship, and I don't know who it was, but someone read um, a lot of Isaiah 62, which I would recommend you reading. Um, But I will read you some of it. Um, It's talking about how, how God has picked out this place, and It says, um, go through, go through the gates, prepare the way for the people, build up, build up the highway, clear it of stones, lift up a signal over the people. Behold, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth. Say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your salvation comes. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. And they shall be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And you shall be called sought out a city not forsaken. Um, And in that Sunday night worship, someone cast this vision of WNL as a city not forsaken and I had just gone through a week and been like this is a city forsaken like what oh my goodness um, there's no way but the truth of the matter is that like Christ died and Christ did not like leave us here he died so that this place and this community and all of our lives are a city that is not forsaken um, and the first half of Isaiah 62 talks about what like God is up to in that but then what I just read was like our part in it. It says, go through, go through the gates, prepare the way for the people, build up, build up the highway, clear it of stones, lift up the signal over the people. Um, and that is a vision that was cast for me my freshman year of what it looks like to be on this place, trusting that Christ has died so that this place is not a city, um, is not a city, it's a, it is a city not forsaken and that it is called sought out. Um, and that what we're doing here is preparing the way for that and clearing this place of stones and like letting like the banner fly that like Christ has died and that we get to like know him um, personally. And that's something that I've like been fighting for at WNL and learning again and again that like trusting that this is not a city forsaken and that Christ died for a reason. Um, and that is to like have a story with all of us and with myself and that I am not a city forsaken and neither are my friends and neither is anyone else. Um, anyway, so like having that vision for WNL I think is like, was really impactful for my time, and it's not something that I thought of myself, but was told. Um, and then about myself, I learned that I need a lot of help from God and from people, and that I trying to do things on my own um, ends in shambles and ends in a lot of um, self-pity and self-loathing um, and kind of putting myself in a corner and saying, I don't deserve any of this, um, and I don't ever, like... I just kind of like shut down a lot. Um, and Second Corinthians 2.9 talks about how Christ's um, power is made perfect in our weakness. And I think that's something that I've learned here over and over again, that when I'm weak and I go to friends, um, I get to see how they point me back to Christ over and over again. And how when I don't know what to do and I'm falling short and I just like can't handle what is going on in my life, that like 
that weakness as a place where this community and these people have come in and made like Christ's power perfect. Um, and that has come from people here, but it has also come from a woman named Stephanie that I have met with um, almost every Tuesday since my sophomore year of college. And she goes to Rockbridge Church. Her husband is Brian, and he sings, and sometimes she sings, and she's got short hair like me. Um, but she's awesome. And if there's a practical piece of advice I would give you, um, if you are like seeking someone to like get you out of this Debbie bubble and to like meet with like an adult who like is like knows life and went to college and all this stuff, but um, is a little bit out of there, I like would strongly recommend you finding someone like that. There was a time when I stopped going to meet with her, and I had oh, a person that I knew well come into my life and be like, Ella, you need to go back to that. Like you need to meet with her, and you need to continue doing that. Um, and it has been such a gift. And I talked to her every Tuesday after RUF, and I'm going to do that tonight, um, second to last time. But um, and knowing that I need her, and I need someone like her, and I need my friends all the time, um, and that in that Christ's power is made perfect, and that I am pointed back to Him in my own weakness. Um, yeah, so to go over that, again, first thing is that God is for you and that he loves you in this place and all of your friends um, and that he is not against you and that he's walking alongside you and that this place um, is a city that is not forsaken and that I want like everyone to be able to grab hold of that vision and start building up the city and, and clearing the stones and, and doing all the work that we get to do to let Christ like walk in um, and like create such an awesome place that it already is, but continue doing that. Um, and then lastly, lean on people in a real way and admit that you're weak and um, be able to love yourself enough to ask for help, help and see that like Christ can be made perfect in those circumstances. Sorry. <laughs> All right, thank you, Ella. That was awesome. All right, up next, we've got Sam Yates. I'm very introverted, very quiet, not the biggest public speaker. So um, getting up here wasn't the easiest thing to do, but I knew that if I spoke, Jack would also speak. <laughs> and so <laughs> I thought, you know, <laughs> might as well. <laughs> um, and as many of you all know, this is actually my first year coming to RUF. Um, and I, so I want to talk a little bit about why this is my first year, senior year coming to RUF and kind of what has changed um, for me between last year and this year and how RUF has influenced me. Um, and so I, I guess that leads me back to before um, I came to college. Um, I went to a boarding school um, of people from all over the world, uh, many different belief types, um, many different opinions, very, very smart people, um, the people who had a very large influence in the way I thought about the world um, and my own particular Christian beliefs. I grew up in a Christian home, but as soon as I went to high school, I you know, fell, fell away from my faith. Um, I didn't have that stronghold um, with Christ. Um, I didn't realize how much of an important role he had in my life, and I was very confused for many years. Um, on what to believe in, who to believe, what faith to follow. Um, 
And I remember coming here freshman year, um, the beginning of fall term. I felt a very strong pull, actually, a strong, um, urgent feeling to come to RUF that year. And one night specifically, I remember walking out of my dorm, terrified, um, walking to D Hall, um, getting there around like 8.05, so a little late, um, and seeing crowds of people so happy, like everyone talking to each other, everyone bonding. And the only thing I felt was just extreme fear, extreme terror um, of not being able to fit in, of not having anyone to talk to. And so I turned around. Um, I went upstairs to the co-op. There were about three other of my friends up there, and I thought, well, they're not at REF. I guess, I guess it's okay that I'm not there either. And I stayed there. Um, and so from then on, I never really thought about coming back. Um, and it's safe to say that I struggled a lot my first three years here, um, mainly with anxiety and depression that really, um, really had, you know, really had an effect on me and really built up throughout my first two years of college. And because of that, I isolated myself from people more and more because um, I was afraid of being a burden. And all of that, I guess, wrapped up in each other. Eventually, the middle of my junior year, I realized um, after going through a lot of things that year that I needed something stable and that everything that I was trying to rely on for, for fulfillment wouldn't fulfill me. Um, academics, athletics, even friendships, um, you know, they all seemed to fall apart. And um, that was when I realized I needed God in my life again. Um, and that was when I started reading more, talking to Christians again, and realizing um, why Christ is so important. And for the first time ever, slowly, um, you know, slowly but surely throughout um, winter, but really spring term of last year, I began to feel a joy and a fulfillment in Christ that I never felt before in my life. And so this year came around. Um, and I was, you know, throughout the summer of see, uh, seeking Christ and wanting him to be part of my life, I felt closer to him than I ever had before. But I was afraid again of coming back and falling away from him um, because of ac academics and athletics and just <coughs> the constant pressure of having to be like, your best self. Um, and I wanted a community. And I um, was seek searching for one. Um, and I remember one day at the beginning of this year, I was really, it was the first Tuesday RUF was meeting, and I was really debating whether or not to come. And a new uh, tall friend of mine <laughs> um, came up to my table at D Hall and he said, RUF tonight at eight. Um, and I said, well, I guess I have to go now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I did. Um, and I had no idea how amazing it was. Um, just hearing Lewis speak, um, being able to sing songs to people and having people welcome me. Um, I'm doing it for a little bit. Um, just seeing this amazing community here. Um, something I'd never experienced before. And I'll always be grateful for that. And 
This community has been what's kept me steady throughout this year, even through really difficult times even this year. Um, just coming back week after week, um, being able to have that really stable rock to rely on, that's what RDF has meant to me this year. And I couldn't be more than grateful. Um, so I guess my biggest advice to you guys is if you're ever really struggling and you ever feel like turning your back on God, <laughs> Um, or turning your back on RUF. Um, don't. Just keep seeking him. Uh, keep trying to find him. Um, just keep walking in um, into that room with the crowds of people, no matter how scared you are. Because I promise it will be worth it in the end. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sam. That was great. All right, we got Gabby next. <laughs> My leg is a little bit asleep. Um, <laughs> but um, this is absolutely surreal to be standing here today. Um, I remember three years ago today, like it was yesterday, um, to see those seniors stand up and share their experiences. Um, those are people that I looked up to with everything um, in my life. I, I admired them, I admired their vulnerability, I admired their articulation of um, the way that God had worked in their lives. And um, sitting in that room, it was clear to me that God was at work. God was at work. It wasn't just the people in the, in the room, it was God working through those people and working in, in my heart and the hearts of other people. And after that night, I, um, I took about an hour and I just sat down by myself um, with God, and I wrote myself a letter, um, and that was really a turning point in my spiritual life, um, and, a, and a night where I said, uh, this is when I want to recommit my life to God, because I'd been a Christian my entire life, but that night was particularly convicting, and I was in a really difficult place, um, and I was so encouraged and sought after by specifically that night, um, and it's impossible to put into words what this community means to me. It's beautiful that it's a, it's a place where I feel so at home and so loved and so comfortable, but simultaneously feel so challenged and so sharpened all the time, and that both of those things can exist in tension. I'm thankful for Caroline Holiday, who um, sought after me when I was a freshman, and she said, I wanna get breakfast with you every Monday morning at 7.15 for all the semesters that we're on campus together. And to, to go into God's word with her and to have an older, girl mentor me um, and show me what that looks like to walk in faith um, absolutely changed my life and so I encourage y'all um, guys and girls look to someone older to you than you and also uh, if God puts it on your heart to reach out to someone younger than you um, absolutely do it even if it's scary even if you don't feel like you can be in that space um, I would encourage you to do that because she changed my life um, this community is absolutely beautiful um, and tonight I'm going to talk about um, this letter and the place where I keep it in my Bible, and I keep it in Genesis chapter 22, which is um, my favorite uh, chapter, and it talks about the sacrifice of Isaac. And I think the most important lesson that God has been teaching me over my past four years here is what it looks like to live with hands wide open. And the sacrifice of Isaac tells the story about Abraham who has this son that he loves so incredibly much. This is one of the most dear things to him in his entire life. And God asks Abraham, to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Um, 
and, and to me that is just so, like I, I can feel um, that pain and, and all of those emotions and, and going through and saying, God, what do I trust you? Can I do that? And ultimately Abraham opens his hands and says, God, yes, like my life is yours. Like, you, like he is ready to sacrifice his only son because God asked him to. Um, and in the end, God, um, God says he will provide the sacrifice and Isaac doesn't end up being sacrificed. But I think that that story, the most important part is that God wants our entire hearts. He, he doesn't want any half measures. He wants a full surrender. Um, and I'm thankful that God has been pursuing my heart in that way. And so I want to live like Abraham with hands wide open. Um, and what does that mean? That means when we have difficult things in our life and our brokenness, that means that we open our hands to that and we lay that at the foot of the cross. And that can mean grief, that can mean sadness, that can mean broken relationships, that can mean trouble with family, that can mean academics that don't go our way, that can mean a million different things. Um, and that's been a beautiful experience to be able to, to lay that down because God wants to take that. Additionally, that means taking our most beautiful um, and most cherished things in our life and also laying those down at the foot of the cross. And that means laying down our hopes and our dreams, our aspirations, every gift and talent that we have, that all belongs to him too. Um, and I'm reminded that we count all things as loss compared to the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus. And that's a beautiful thing that God does want us to lay down both our brokenness, but also the most beautiful parts of our lives. And um, there are many times in my life where I say, God, what, like, you want me to give up that? Are you kidding me? Um, I, I, like, that seems like a ridiculous ask, like the most precious thing. And in that moment, my faith doesn't feel strong enough to do that. And sometimes we make choices that are predicated on faith that we don't necessarily have. We may want to have it, but it feels like, like my faith is just not strong enough. Like, how could I, how could I do that? How can I live with open hands? Um, and in Mark 9, um, Lewis told me this verse yesterday that I think really embodies my posture for the past four years, and I think the posture of a lot of us here, is that um, there's a man who um, is asking Jesus to heal his son, and uh, Jesus asked the man if he believes, and the man says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And so our faiths are imperfect, and God's love is perfect, and he teaches us how to live with hands wide open. Um, and the last thing that I want to share is um, that um, God works in mysterious and beautiful ways. And, and Paul says that for now we see through a glass darkly, but then we'll see face to face one very wise friend told me when I was in the middle of a crisis, I'd just gotten a 43 out of 100 on a biochemistry test, and I was a little bit <laughs> upset. And she, but this is indicative of a lot of, of things in life, I believe. And she said that we see our lives right now like the back of a tapestry. We see the miswoven fragments coming together. The colors don't make a lot of sense. They, it doesn't fit together, and we're trying to make sense of it, and we can't, and that's frustrating, and it's sad, and it's broken, and it doesn't feel right. Um, we see through a glass darkly, but then we will see face to face. And I think that one of the most beautiful things of this past, these past four years is the knowledge that God makes beautiful things out of those tapestries. And one day, that may be in this life and it may not, but we get to see the back of that tapestry and see the beautiful work that he's done in us and done in each other. Um, so, y'all, thank you so much. This 
community means the whole entire world to me. And um, like to look back at this letter that I wrote as a freshman, like I am staggered and astounded by the ways that like God has sharpened my heart and has grown me in relationships with the people in this room. Um, and I'm really, really thankful. So thank you. That was awesome. Thank you so much, Gary. All right. Up next, we got Dave Sockert. So, Dave Patton, boys, get ready. You just had like the past 20 minutes to think about ways to come back at y'all. Everyone, um, <coughs> Jack was right that I was thinking, I was sitting back there thinking, what in the world should I say? Um, I'm still figuring that out, but I'm going to figure that out with you guys. <laughs> um, I remember freshman year um, coming to this thing with when all the seniors were speaking um, and just being so moved by their maturity and where I thought that they were in life um, and all the many lessons that they would have learned by that time and how, um, how there were so many great men and women standing before me. Um, and how their lives were all together at that point, and how they must have had everything figured out. Um, but now that I'm standing here, I realize that I'm not <laughs> like that. And, but the beautiful thing is, neither were they. Um, they just appeared to be like that. And if there's one thing that I guess I could share with you guys is that God is never done with you. Um, whether you have made the same mistake for the hundredth time and you're on your knees asking for forgiveness. Um, God loves you and he's not done with you. Whether you've had a perfect week, you know, per se, everything's going well for you. Um, that's all due to God and his mercy and his grace. Um, and just looking back over these four years, I'm so thankful that God has never left me and he's put people in my life to continually push me forward to him and continually draw me closer to him. Um, there's a verse that I really love. It's Romans 8.10. It's, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Um, and the beautiful part of that verse that I've been learning out throughout college is that he is the one who has prepared those works. You know, I myself have a mentality that I think a lot of us do at WNL that you know, our success is on our backs. You know, our actions, our outcomes are on our backs. I'm a very like goal focused person, a very outcome focused person. Um, but there's issues with that. You know, what do you do when you don't get the grades you want? What do you do when you look around freshman year and you're looking for this great Christian community that the grade above you had during O week and found all their friends and yet you have, you know, one good Christian roommate buddy, um, but then you don't know of anybody else. It's good to know that your works aren't on you because, and it's good to know that you're not the one that's in control of your life. Because in that moment, I, in looking around in that situation, um, if that had been all on me, and if I had been the one that was in charge of my life fully without knowing that verse, and that God was the one working through me, and that I wasn't on my back, I would have thought about transferring. Um, I would have thought about going home, uh, back to Alabama, um, to Auburn, where there's an easy Christian community. Um, but God taught me that 
just wait and just trust him and that he'll provide people and he'll provide the grades and he'll provide the experiences for you but he's the one who has that in in your hand and no matter what you do it's not up to you to fight for it um it's a balance in the christian life from like our effort and our will and god and his mercy and his plan for us um all we can do is just bow before him and trust him and let him do the work in us and never give up that he is at work and he's doing what he's doing so keep up the good fight that's what i have to say thank you awesome thank you so much dave all right, so before we get close to our last person, if any other seniors have not said anything and want to, now's the time. Let's go, buddy. Keith Barnett. So as evinced by my outfit, I definitely was not planning on speaking tonight. Um, but after seeing uh, how courageous my friends have been, um, I couldn't not get up here. Um, and just talk about my story and hope that maybe um, it resonates um, with somebody at least. Um, so I came in freshman year on pretty solid ground. I I've considered my senior year to be the year that I got saved and was really kind of on fire for the Lord and, and found RUF and found um, Lewis pretty pretty early on in my WNL career. Um, and man, am I grateful for that. Um, I did a, I did a, you know, I play, I, I did a pretty good job of, of sticking to my guns, um, staying in the word, um, being the guy that, you know, I knew the Lord wanted me to be throughout my freshman year, um, went off to work at camp after my freshman year, I had a great experience there, and then um, kind of around my sophomore year, um, moving into the fraternity house, deciding that I wanted to kind of have a taste of what that life looked like, um, what um, it meant to really soak up um, all this WNL had to offer because it looked from the outside really great and everyone looked so happy and fulfilled and they were smart and partied and also like, you know, had their whole life together and we're going to go work for investment banks and be really rich and like that sounds awesome. Um, so I kind of just jumped into that um, pretty hard my sophomore year. Um, and, you know, lived that lifestyle for a while um, and developed habits and um, kind of behaviors that aren't, were not of the Lord and were, and were very much glorifying Heath um, and serving Heath. Um, and I, I, spent, I, I look back at my time at WNL um, full of gratitude, but also full of a little bit of regret. Um, I think I wasted a lot of time at WNL, um, just kind of embracing that party culture. And what that really did to me and, and, and for me was it, it kind of really instilled a sense of um, anxiousness and discontentment um, that at times made me really unha- unhappy, but I'm also really grateful for because I really feel like that was kind of the stamp that the Holy Spirit put on me, um, that he wasn't going to let that lifestyle um, be what Keith was going to be about or what made him happy Um, and um, really kind of my junior year I really was really struggling Um, busiest class schedule was doing that history commission thing that just was a lot and um, 
just not, you know, and also trying to be the party cool guy that everyone thought was the man. Like, I really, like, was trying to do it all and um, really was to no avail. And, but throughout all of this time, um, I continued to meet with Lewis pretty steadily throughout my four years. And I know it's been echoed a lot. Having someone in your life that has been around the block and, like, is spiritually more mature than you, wiser than you, pouring into you, it, regardless of where you're at, um, is huge. I, I, I think if I hadn't gotten plugged in to RUF and meeting Lewis my freshman year, who knows how far down uh, that path I really, I really would have gone. Um, and so my junior year, I, I kind of started, I would call it my cadaver bridge prayer. Um, it would be Sundays when I was hungover, walking to the library, really beaten up on myself. And it was, Lord, make me into the man um, that I know you want me to be. Um, and that, that was a prayer I would pretty much pray every Sunday. And I think that's another thing uh, that I, I want people to know in the room that, like, God still hears your prayers when you're hungover. Or, like, it, they don't get chopped up in the ceiling fan if you're laying in bed with a buzz, feeling like, what the heck did I just do tonight? Like, the, the, he hears those prayers, and he's faithful in those. Um, now, another thing that, that really kind of was a, a turning point for me um, was one night at RUF my junior year, um, Lewis preached on um, John 15. Um, and John 15, 5 is um, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And I'm the type of guy that wants to do, you know, was trying to do everything. But if you're not doing it with the Lord in your heart, with Christ in your heart, it's really all in vain. Um, And one other thing that, like, has been really fundamental to my RUF and WNL experience and two guys that I just can't not stand up, can't stand up here and not mention um, because without them and Lewis being faithful, meeting with me and talking with me and having real conversations that aren't around a keg at Windfall, I really wouldn't know where I would be and that's Graham Pergandy and David. Um, And, you know, I, I stand up here still with a really incredible capacity to be an idiot all, like don't get me wrong like I haven't figured it out um, but I'm getting there um, and I kind of am taking steps towards you know what I'm doing next year to keep laying that foundation and putting myself um, on that on a trajectory um, because I know that I know that I know that I know that the only true contentment the only true joy that's not a happiness that's situational but actual joy um, and peace that surpasses all understanding comes when you're walking with the Lord and, and have a relationship with Christ. Um, and that is, that is the only you know, thing that has proved true to me time and time again throughout the tumult of my four years at WNL. Um, that has been the one thing that, I, that has been revealed true to me. So it's been a very rocky path, um, but I'm so grateful for it. I'm so grateful for all the folks in this room that have played a part in it. Um, and getting me um, to where I am. So, thanks.
Awesome. Thanks, buddy. All right, any other seniors? Anything you want to share before we call it? All right. So this is the point I was planning on saying a few words about myself, but I feel like everyone's taking all the good stuff. <laughs> no, um, no, I think one thing I've heard echo just so many times tonight is just the importance of community and that we share such a strong community here at WNL, especially in this RUF group here. It's just so important. Um, I feel like it's time, especially to be it's so easy to go forward, thinking like I have to have it all figured, my, figured out by myself. Everybody should think I look perfect. Grades, like sports, academics, athletics, like girlfriend, boyfriend, jobs, whatever you need. And that's just so, that's just so not true. It's just so impossible to do. And having people you can come to, like basically every senior guy in this room right now, and then some, um, just having these conversations, like either them calling you up, like you screwed up, and like here's how, but we're going to get you better, and it's okay, and you need this sometimes, or maybe when you come to them, it's like, I don't know what's going on. My life is not figured out. Um, I don't know my future. I don't know. I believe what's going on. I have doubts. All these hard conversations, and they're there for all of it. And I feel like you can't go through college or just life in general without that. And I feel like that's what RUF is so great for. And just being that rock, you can always come back to. You can go out and try and do life on your own, kind of like what Heath was saying. You might do well for a little while and feel good for a little while, but then you're going to wake up one morning and just not know where you are or not recognize yourself in the mirror, which is honestly the easier, even scarier part. And just having people like that you can come to, and there's tons of them in this room that I've come to and tons more that um, would be happy for anybody else to talk to. It's just an incredible opportunity, and it's something that the Lord calls for, something that everybody needs. Even if you're not a Christian, I feel like people still kind of gather together because that's what you need to make it through life together. And so just this is an incredible community of them. Just wanted to thank everybody for being a part of it. And uh, we're going to bring up Faith real quick to close this out. Okay. So I'm not going to keep you all long. We're over time. Um, but I came prepared because that's what I do. And I'm not going to say anything earth-shattering. So... Um, I guess I have my notes. Um, I'll start off. So I came from a pretty, yeah, secular private school in Dallas. Um, the only Christian of my friends. And I felt fairly alone in that, um, and fairly convicted. Um, my faith wasn't my own. I just went to church every Sunday and did what I was told. Um, so I remember being on the plane on my way to Virginia in tears with like a complete stranger next to me. Um, and I was just in prayer with God, asking for um, a community that I'd never had before. Um, and I found that at RUF. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so the thing about community is you can have friends, but you need community. Um, damn it, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry, my pastor in Dallas wrote this book called Adulting, which is terrifying, but I read it. And he said, community is a group of people who are committed to being part of your life and seeking what's best for you no matter what. They care enough for you to speak the truth to you, even if the truth is hard to hear, and love you enough to provide tough love if needed. Um, And this is it, y'all. This is where you're going to find it. Um, First off, I encourage you to seek out other grades, because I've learned so much from upperclassmen and underclassmen alike. Um, To the underclassmen, I admire you tremendously, Um, especially the sophomores and freshmen. You guys are so kind and welcoming and humble. Um, You have something really special here, um, and I hope you carry it on, even when we're gone. Um, Also, it'll be so tempting to find your worth in a person, 
You deserve a person who will treat you with respect and compassion, and a person who is seeking Christ and will push you towards Christ. It will also be so tempting to find your worth in a grade, or a sport, or a fraternity, or sorority. Um, but God is so much greater, and you're going to find so much more joy and fulfillment in him. I wish I said yes more um, when I was a student here. I still am a student, but you know. Um, but I promise you that you're going to remember the sunrise on Cold Mountain or the late night run to Waffle House because Gabriella said so um, more than you will any test or good grade or party or hookup. This is especially for my freshman small group. Um, take these words, um, carry them in your heart, and I love you all so much. Um, and I see so much hope and spirit in you. And it makes me want to do it again because what I see y'all doing, um, I really admire. Um, there were times in college when I was selfish um, or even doubtful or mad at God. I was very self-centered. Um, I put myself and my suffering over others. Um, but I encourage y'all to look up. Um, look away from yourself and look at others and those around you. Um, don't be afraid to be vulnerable with each other. And know that God made us for relationships. You cannot do any of this alone. Um, I hope you always come to RUF and come before God, knowing that you are loved and accepted for who you are. If I've learned anything, it's that even though we are so imperfect, God loves us in our imperfection. And I want you all to always remember that. So, thank you. Thank you, Faith. All right, so that's about it, unless anybody else wants to talk. But thank you all so much for coming. I'm, we're going to call Lewis up in a second. But, yeah, I was just like a bunch of scenes we've been through before. We definitely don't have it all figured out, nor we may never. But hopefully I got a little something there, a little encouragement before we all peace out in about two weeks. But, all right. <laughs> all right, here's Lewis. Clap for everybody except... <laughs>